1: flushcarecom slash
2: Hello, pod people, and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the show where two movies with something in common go head-to-head to figure out which one does it better. On this week's show, in the red corner, Arnie dons spandex and becomes the most dangerous game in some spring king, courtesy of The Running Man. While in the blue corner, Daniel Radcliffe dons tiger slippers and trades his wand for pistols in guns akimbo.
1: In the year 2017... An innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time? Sensational, perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play the running man.
3: On your mark!
1: I'll be back. Go!
0: I'm Miles, and this is the story of the worst day of my life. Another schism. schism, 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 picked random psychos, weirdos and criminals and made them fight each other to the death. So the internet walked it. And then I came into the picture. You scared yet?
4: Welcome
2: to schism. But which film receives a headshot? And which movie wins its freedom? You're about to find out in Clash of the Titles.
0: Release the Kraken.
2: Hello, Clash Podders. I'm Chris Tilly.
5: I'm Vicky Crompton.
2: And I'm Alex. Don't touch the hair, Zane. And hot on the heels of Battle Royale versus Hunger Games, we're doing two slightly inferior versions of that same story. <laughs> so why have you sentenced us to so much death this week, Alex?
4: Uh, because I... Loved The Running Man when I saw it as a kid. Mm. And we have been thinking about something to pair it with. And there have been some that I won't mention. We've mused on some, but none mm-hmm. of them have been very good. Then I happened upon Guns Akimbo just the other week. And voila, we have a clash. You thought that was good, did you? I thought <laughs> it was similar great. to The Running and Man. you're correct. I am correct. Oh, yeah. Which is what we based mm. the whole system of the show mm. on. That's Not great. the quality, whether they fit, but hopefully the quality as well. And what you saying up front... Literally, a whole day before we even talk about it. Like, no, wait, two, three, three days No, that you hate Guns Akimbo. No. Because I can't wait to hear what you think about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Suck my what?
5: <laughs> oh, no, good for her. Yeah. I love that line. It's a good line. It's like a one good line. It is.
4: Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big... I, look, I'm going to say it right now. Come Thursday, I got a lot of love for Guns and Kimbo. I'm sure you do. But I also have a lot of love for The Running Man, hence why, at least in my diseased mind... This is a wonderful
2: pairing. Great, well done for setting up a bit of jeopardy. <laughs> um, what was your clue, Alex? Uh, my clue was the boy who lived versus the man who ran. Yeah, should have been the man who ran versus the boy who lived, shouldn't it? I think we both know that. I mean, if, chronologically. Yeah, chronologically. Yeah. Um, I followed that up with "kill or be killed" mm? on the Twitter. Mm? How do people do? Uh, they find a bunch of correct guesses at us. Great. But the winner with a bullet was Matt. First timer? No. Oh, okay. Long time yeah. listener. I reckon he's won it a few times, Matt. Right. I don't think it was his first guest though, so it's half a win. Sure. Uh, but your prize? Oh, so harsh.
5: He well, still gets a prize. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> All right. I think, I'm just. Hey. I'm
2: looking at you to agree with All me. Right, yeah. <laughs>
4: like.
5: So harsh, Chris is being. <laughs>
2: Just didn't flow as much. If I have to look at you and go,
5: isn't Chris being harsh? Sorry, being paranoid.
2: But right. Matt still gets a prize, and that is a Captain Freedom exercise DVD. Oh,
5: brilliant! <laughs> so He's funny. fantastic! Jesse
2: Ventura, man. Wow. Wow, we indeed. So, connection section. Um, what connects these two films? Uh, it shows whose success is based solely on
4: audience figures. Both of them Mm. go on about the audience figures. Isn't
5: that what all shows' successes?
4: Yeah, it's a connection between these two movies as well. Sure,
5: fine, fine. (laughs) Yeah,
4: because Killian keeps going,
5: we're up nine points. Yeah, whatever that means. Seven million viewers on Schism. Doesn't sound like very many. (laughs) (laughs) More people watch EastEnders. What? Uh, Yeah, old scary man concerned with ratings, in charge of death matches.
2: Arnie's in both. There's a poster of Commando in Guns no. Akimbo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, boo. No, no, that's good. <laughs> well, I guess then Stephen D'Souza's in both, seeing as he wrote Commando.
4: Oh, very good. The Running Man. Very good. Yeah. Wow. Uh, remote cameras following the action, either robot cameras <laughs> or drones. How <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> uh, fake death of the hero. Yeah. Both movies using exactly the same twist. One of them gets it right, one yes. of them doesn't. <laughs> Actually, no. No, both of them screw it up in different ways. Yeah. Uh, tracking devices following the contender.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're very similar. It's mm. sort of winning, you go free, but there's
4: lots. I mean, Guns Akimbo, I think, does it, it, it owes a serious debt to the
2: running man? Mm, that's why you paired them. That is why I, Excellent. I paired them. That wasn't a new observation. <laughs> I was just rehashing an observation I made last week. Thanks. Um, so on Thursday, uh, Vicky will be splaying her guns akimbo. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, 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 bro, oh, Wow.
4: That, even, that feels like a joke, even guns akimbo. I didn't
3: there. And there yeah. are
5: very
2: few. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Um,
3: so to, da- to me.
5: you to look at me when you say um,
2: No, to Jeez. the listeners. you yeah, right. splaying as well, not even spreading.
5: Gross. Both gross. <laughs>
2: It's guns. (laughs) Guns, yeah. Try anything else. Um, I'm doing The Running Man uh, now. I can't look at you. (laughs) Well, no, I'm not
5: surprised. I've been soiled. (laughs) (laughs) No. Sullied, sorry. I meant to say sullied. See, both bad though. No, sullied is fine. Really? Yeah, soiled sounds like a nappy. (laughs) Mm.
4: So splayed and sullied, but not spread and soiled.
5: Correct. Okay.
2: Should we do The Running Man? Yeah. Let's do anything. I'm going to introduce the film via what I think... A pre-production meeting for It Sounded Like. Is everyone here? Great. Let's adapt a Stephen King book where we can't use his name to promote the movie and have to pretend it's written by a guy who doesn't exist. (laughs) Let's cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as the everyman so we have to change every single detail of said book. Uh, Let's also cast Mick Fleetwood. (laughs) And and Frank Zappa's son, Dweezil.
3: Uh,
2: You know those Arnie one-liners that people seem to love? Let's come up with the worst ones we can think of, (laughs) then put them in the film. Oh, and he's smoking a lot of cigars these days, so we have to write them in. Uh, Let's dress our end villain Dynamo in the campus costume imaginable and then have him killed by a sprinkler. (laughs) And as for directing, let's sack the guy who goes on to make Under Siege and the Fugitive and replace him with the bloke from Starsky and (laughs) Hutch. Sound good? Great, let's do some more cocaine. (laughs) So, when did you first see the running man, Alex?
3: Uh,
4: I watched this on video when I was about 10 years old. And I remember it distinctly because the decapitation scene at the start where the guy was running through the invisible barrier, mm. I remember, because I was still a sensitive child back then, going, oh, that's upsetting. I mm. shouldn't be watching this, mm. which means I'm absolutely <laughs> definitely going to watch the rest of it. And I think having done a bit of digging this week and some maths, this is my very first Arnie film oh, wow. that I ever saw. Before Twins? Before Twins, yeah. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Way before Twins. You know, I've never seen Twins, so yes, before Twins. Oh, it's <laughs> <Always> great. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done that with Guns of
2: Kimbo. <laughs> yeah. uh, excellent. Vicky, how about yourself?
5: Oh, I don't know. I was, a, I was a bit more grown up though. Like, I don't know, 20s video some point. Mm. don't really remember much about it because it is pretty daft, but fun daft. Yes. Yeah. That's
2: it. Yeah. I, I'm I was about thirteen or fourteen, I think. Okay. And not your first Arnie movie. <laughs> no, twins. I think it <laughs> was probably my first Arnie I've movie. I heard that's good. <laughs> and then Commando soon after, right. I would say. But yeah, I, I, I didn't have Sky, but a friend of my dad's had Sky and I would give him a list of films to record for me. Yeah. And he'd record he recorded The Running Man and then he'd put on the label what kind of violence was in them to warn my parents. <laughs> and oh. they still let you watch it. Decapitation <laughs> within the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, they were fine. Okay. Um, And I liked it, but always thought it was sort of second tier, Arnie. It's sort of on the B list. So I don't return to it that often.
4: You see, because it was my first, I never did at the time. Like, obviously, I've seen it since then. Mm. And you sort of watch it and you go, wow. Like, Mm. considering, like, I forget. like This is 1987. And I think when I watched it the first time, I imagined it was maybe 1984, 1983. It looks cheaper. It looks older and cheaper than a 1987 movie mm. with Arnie would look, because the Predator came out
2: the same year. Did, and it was it was much cheaper to make the I Predator. Know, that's nuts <laughs> by tens of millions. Mm. Crazy. All right, let's do a bit of background. There was more background on this one than I was expecting, um, but we'll I'll power through it. Um, I'll start with the most dangerous game. 1924 story, 1932 film. Mm. Have you seen it? I have not. It's good. It's good and short. It's only about an hour, but the plot Did of that, that constitute that... a film? No. Yeah. It's just... Okay, yeah, all right. I thought, does a film have to cross a threshold? It was 1932. Con- okay. They hadn't made the rules yet. Right. That's true, actually. Um, but the plot of the film concerns it's a big game hunter who deliberately strands a group of luxury yacht passengers on a remote island where he can hunt them for sport. The most dangerous game being man.
3: Yep.
2: Um, but I think we could probably go back to Roman Gladiators. I mean, we've always had this, and probably before then, we've always had this bloodlust in us. And so Stephen King was interested in telling a version of that story. But he was also interested in doing a bit of experimentation to see if he was as popular as he thought he was or as good a writer rather. Because he, wa- he worried that if he just slapped Stephen King on the front of a book, even if it was shite, it would sell. And so this is where Richard Bachman came from. I see. Um, and it didn't actually work that well. The Bachman novels did not sell.
5: In, in any particular in which numbers, it kind of worked, yeah. didn't it? Experiment yeah, I guess it he got he
2: got the
4: answer, just not yeah, the answer not he the answer was probably going to. hoping for. It's <laughs> not be a <laughs>
5: lot. I can sell anything.
3: <laughs> his
4: oh. book, um, The Dark Half, is all about this, like mm. where he creates the, the character and he creates another fictional mm. version of himself. Yeah. On, on the cover of The Dark Half, it uh, the <laughs> it says his masterpiece under Stephen King it's not
2: it's not one of his best books it was the first one I read though did you like that it my yeah but it was because it was the first no. horror book I read I no. just thought this is awesome but the Batman books tended to be a bit more science fiction uh, than horror he wrote this in 72 hours Okay. Um, He's not taking he,
5: his own experiment seriously, I don't think. He
2: was doing a lot of
4: coke back then. That was probably long for him. Yeah, gnostly. Like, oh, 72 hours on this one. <laughs> <out>. Straight 48. <laughs> uh,
2: but the book was quite different. It was set in 2025. Ben Richards is a normal bloke. Yeah. He's not a muscle-bound superhero. He's unemployed and he needs money so that he can get medicine for his sick mm. baby daughter yeah. and I, to stop his wife going having to go on the game.
5: Yeah. Right.
4: I believe the character is called uh, described in the book as sickly and tubercular.
5: Going on the game as in going on The Running Man okay. or no, going, becoming a sex I'm worker. A sex worker right. Right? Yeah,
2: sorry, <laughs> confusing. Uh, so he volunteers for, to join up with the network, which is this propaganda arm of the government, and he becomes a contestant on this show. And they've got all kinds of games. There's Treadmill to Bucks, um, How Hot Can You Take It, Swim the Crocodiles, and The Running Man, which is the flagship... And it's about a series of contestants um, going on a nationwide manhunt, being the subject of that. So it happens in the open world rather than in a studio. Or and a nice
5: rink. Sorry. Or a
2: nice <laughs> rink. Just whatever space we've got.
4: Uh, and isn't each season like a month long?
2: Yes, you've got to survive for 30 days. Right. And the grand prize is is freedom and one billion new dollars. And you,
4: uh, But you you volunteer and by uh, part of the condition of you volunteering is you record you're running yourself and send then send a VHS back to the studio right. that they play out. So there's no sort of live element whatsoever. Right. People just sort of mm. sit and watch the VHS of you on the run. But the main thing, isn't it? The main thing is the fact that the stalkers are disguised as regular people, like a meter maid or something. Oh, cool. So you could be running down the street thinking you're safe and suddenly the meter maid had turn around and put a knife in your back. Right, brilliant. Yeah. Good idea, um, that.
5: It is, yep.
4: <laughs> Which we might see if this Edgar Wright version ever happens. Right.
2: Yes, although I wonder if he'll adapt the ending because the ending of the book, um, it's it sort of Ben Richards realized the whole thing is rigged. And so he hijacks a plane and um, flies it into the TV network. And it's very reminiscent of 9 11. I think the last line even concerns sort of fire raining down on 20 blocks around the studio. So, um, yeah, it would be. Tough to adapt that, I think. That's what happens when the coke runs out. Right, plane insert studio. <laughs> no, there's nothing. Where's my baggie? No. <laughs> so the film let's uh, kick off with a bloke called George Linda, who I was fascinated by. Mm. Um, he was the owner of the com- of America's largest supplier of lightweight wheelchairs.
4: Sports wheelchairs.
2: I though. listened to an interview with him um, and he applied lightweight bicycle technology to wheelchairs and pioneered wheelchair tennis.
3: Cool.
2: And... Um, And because he made all that money, he thought, what can I do next? I want to make movies. And he came across The Running Man in an airport and contacted the author's agent and couldn't understand why (laughs) this Richard Bachman book that hardly uh, ran any copies, 100,000 copies, um, was costing so much. Uh, He agreed to 20 grand up front, but a huge bump down the road should the film actually get made. He took it to a producer, Rob Cohen. who told him you made a lousy deal here? Why is the second payment so high? And that's when his attorney informed him that he'd bought a Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. He said, "I felt like I'd found a Rembrandt in Cave Mart. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a Rembrandt."
4: <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Rob Cohen, isn't it? This is yes. This is the Rob Cohen we we know and love from
2: Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. Stealth, Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So we've done we've done films of his before. All right, let's talk about cast. Christopher Reeve was going to play the lead. Uh, Very different film at that point. Uh, It was reported in 1985. It was going to be a dark allegory uh, when Christopher Reeve was in the lead and he was a bit more of an everyman. And I think there was some stuff about, you know... He's cast because he's so good looking as well, Ben Richardson. So the 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 women will be voting for him and all this kind of thing. But then it changed. Reeve was out. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in. And it quickly turned into an action thriller with humour. Because Steven D'Souza was brought on board and did 15 drafts to get the Arnie version right. And it's this weird thing. It's like the Terminator before and it's like Total Recall After. Where when you cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, you have to change everything. Mm. Your protagonist can't be what you've written because... No one is like him. D'Souza said, I didn't have to destroy King's vision, but instead tailor the movie to Arnold like a suit. He never even bothered giving Schwarzenegger a copy of the book. He said it would have been needless. From circumstance to background to personality, there is zero overlap between the two incarnations of Ben Richards. Um, King later said that this Ben Richards was as far away. His Ben Richards was as far away from the Arnold Schwarzenegger character in the movie as you can get. Um, budget was set at 10 million. It grew to 27 million. That was partly because of Arnie's wages, but also because of some trouble with the directors. Oh, yeah. Starting with George Cosmatos, who directed Rambo 2. <laughs> um, he wanted to do a shopping centre version of this story. Basically, the running man in a mall. The Dawn of the Dead cut.
4: Well, wasn't it, as I understand it, he wanted to do. It was about the 1% versus the 99%. And the 1% lived in, well, he wanted to shoot it in the largest shopping mall in the world at that time, which was this Edmonton mall. And so that's where the 1% lived. But once Arnie goes on the run, it becomes Rambo 2.
2: Yes. Um, when Richard's, this is D'Souza talking, when Richard's breaks out of the city, there was going to be a river raft chase. I think he was just trying to get the movie back into the wilderness as he had done on Rambo. He wanted the whole chasing part of the game to be in the wilderness. Uh, the producers wanted the film—the budget cut because Martos said no and he walked and Rob Cohen said Working with George was the worst experience I've ever had in the business. He's the least talented, least cooperative and most horrible person I've ever had dealings with. And they fired him after he spent 700 grand. Uh, Alex Cox was approached to direct it. Have you ever seen Repo Man?
5: Oh, you've asked me this before. I can't, I don't think I have. It's good. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like a weird memory from a late night at some point, but I'm not sure. Mm. I can swear to it.
2: He, he's... Or his... His films are so subversive. He also did Sid and Nancy. I yeah. think his version of this film would be amazing mm. and probably wouldn't have made any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Brit uh, nearly directed it, Ferdinand Fairfax. Okay. He just made a pirate movie with Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, his version was going to be like The Truman Show. The movie was going to be the broadcast. Um, and uh, D'Souza said he was making it very British. He said on an English crew, you have to have a tea lady who comes around with a cart of tea and biscuits. Uh, when the tea lady came through, the show stopped, the crew stopped, the stalkers stopped, and the runners stopped, and they all took a break, had tea and biscuits, then started up again. It was kind of like Monty Python. <laughs> so, yeah, they were running around, not sure what to do with this uh property um andrew davis as i mentioned was next he would go on to do this under siege of the fugitive and that started well he worked with d'Souza to undo all this weirdness that had, had crept into the script um he hired paula abdul to do the choreography yeah. yay <laughs> mm. he hired Mick fleetwood and dweezil Zappa, mm. uh and he hired uh, richard dawson to play killian which is probably the best thing he did um and he basically was getting the film ready so they could start shooting um but then eight days into the shoot Um, He was $8 million over budget and four days behind. And the footage he shot wasn't cutting together. There was an issue with a hockey puck I'll get to when we talk about the movie. That's the thing apparently that pushed it over the line. Yeah. Although Rob Cohen says no, it was just the footage was not cutting together and he was too far behind schedule. So he was fired, which is where Starsky from Starsky and Hutch enters the picture. Paul Michael Glazer. And he was brought on board because he had experience in tv so he could he could hit the ground running get it done quickly do what the producers told him um he had no time to prepare he said directing is basically problem solving when you come into something in the middle like i did your problem solving goes up about 300 percent um but he got it shot in 61 days uh 70 million dodge 17 million dollars over budget Um, Schwarzenegger said with such a terrific concept The Running Man should have been a $150 million movie instead it was totally screwed by hiring a first time director and not giving enough time to prepare
4: you know uh, Paul Michael Glazer's last movie Mm -mm. it was uh, the 1990s movie Kazam Mm. featuring Shaquille O'Neal not the 1990s movie Shazam featuring Sinbad Someone will appreciate that.
2: I, I get it. It's, it's, not, it's funny. It's funny. It's good. We should pair those two. <laughs> That'll be a short week. One of them doesn't exist, Vicky. Uh, Stephen King agreed with Arnie. Um, he, once he saw what they'd done to his story, he forbid them from using his name. But it did predict the future. With the film being set in 2017, I got in touch with Stephen D'Souza at the end of 2016 and interviewed him so I could write an article entitled How the Running Man Predicted All the Bad Stuff in 2017. And it's got reality TV, it's got the internet, it's got the merging of entertainment and politics, it's got fake news. And we can talk about all that when we talk about the film, Mm. which I want to do now. Any more?
4: Nope. Nope, not at all. I think that was very well done because there was a lot lot, more, a lot more than I thought. I was expecting a much shorter uh, preamble today. Troubled production,
2: Mm. it's fair to say. Yeah. So we get some very '80s graphics, Mm. um, and we get a lot of words on the screen. Mm. Maybe too much. Yes, I
5: can't remember
2: (laughs) telling us the future. There's parliamentary military zones in the future I
4: mean it's your classic it's your classic big 3 for any dystopian sci-fi yep. it's resources are running out all forms of art are censored and it's a police state i mean you yep. can i think you can just now say dystopian society it <laughs> yeah, yeah. covers that
2: that's true it does end by saying, when high tech gladiators are not enough to suppress the people's yearning for freedom, more direct methods become necessary. Yeah. I don't 100% know what they mean. So talking I didn't get it at there. first.
5: What they mean then is the bit in the helicopter when they ask Arnie to kill those people. But at right. first you think, oh, do you mean the game? Like, as in. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so
2: the policemen are the gladiators.
5: <laughs> I, yes. Right. I don't well, know. Well, I know. I know. No, actually, well, it doesn't make any a sense.
2: Great recruitment drive. <laughs>
5: no, you're not
4: a
2: policeman. You're a high tech gladiator.
5: <laughs> you might die. No, what? Yeah,
2: I don't but know. There is a food riot happening, but there aren't any weapons there. And there are women and children there. How
5: do they know? He says, the heat signature. There's, there's one and a half thousand people down there. There's women and children. And children give off a small heat signature. And I long suspected that so do women. And now I know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that faint pink glow. Is that a
2: woman? <laughs> uh, Ben's told to eliminate them all. And he says to hell with you I will not fire on helpless people so is that the first I told time? you they're unarmed get, there we go I was. I was <laughs> oh
5: sorry you were queuing up I told
2: you they're unarmed
4: <laughs> great Very good. I'm not firing on women and children <laughs> so is
5: that the first time anyone's ever been asked to fire on women and children because he seems quite surprised to be asked so it's the first mission anyone's ever said open fire on the innocents maybe it's
2: his first mission yeah I felt okay. it was his first yeah. time being asked he just
5: yeah he just doesn't see he's, he's like oh is this the job oh I didn't realise
4: yeah, maybe Can't he be. was in high-tech gladiator costume design before. Uh, He just did the costumes and then they were like, we're
2: down a helicopter pilot again. (laughs) Uh, So they take uh, Ben out and we cut to 18 months later and he is in the Wilshire Detention Centre and he now has a beard. It's so freaking weird. Do you know what? I was like,
4: I don't remember this first time round, but now you think about this era of Arnie. I mean, obviously now, like Escape Plan and you know Dark Fate, and I think he's he's got a, mm. he's got a beard in um, Last Stand. But at the time, you never saw Arnie with a beard. You actually
5: don't think he's capable of growing face hair.
4: It doesn't look real. No,
5: it doesn't, <laughs> because he's such a smooth man.
4: Yeah. But he does enter doing something that you've never seen Arnie do before, not carrying a girder, which is literally... I was say, check. Yeah, I mean, c- a commando. Tree? It's a tree, tree, but we're in the future. There are no trees anymore. So it's a, like He carries a whole tree in commando. In this, he carries a whole building. Yes, a whole yeah. <laughs> a whole b- building. But uh, you never see in any other Arnie role, Arnie wearing an apron.
2: Yes. <laughs> he's wearing an apron in this. Doesn't he wear an apron in Total Recall? I feel like he's working in the same industrial steel mill place that he works in (laughs) Total Recall. There is literally
4: anything D'Souza is anywhere near because he was kind of near Total Recall wasn't he? He did something wasn't he? He floated around it basically it's like only needs a job. It's construction. Full stop. Mm-hmm. He's building something out of wood, metal, or giving a big fucking drill. Yeah.
2: And that's the first of many crossovers with some of his other films of this period that the Running Man has. But um, there's a riot. He throws a man off a platform after saying, "Give you a lift." Um, how how are we feeling about the one-liners in this film?
5: Ah, uh, I think if, if the first, <laughs> first, it 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 bears better on a repeat viewing, doesn't it? Because you're like, oh, here we go. But first mm. time, you're like. Oh. No, and stop saying I'll be but back. But this is this is this is all De Souza. So basically,
4: D'Souza basically after Commando and um, realised that Arnie could deliver these sort of, in inverted commas, withering put downs. Sure. Uh, <laughs> usually dead people they don't really care. <laughs> Sub zero now just plain zero. Really? So it's
3: not tr- they're not trying.
4: <laughs> But this is this is D'Souza's whole thing, which is like, you know, I, I've kind of, I, I helped create the Arnie character that we saw, first of all in Commando, then through Running Man, Predator, all of this, it's mm. like that was created with Commando,
2: with D'Souza, including, obviously... The I'll be back line, which is only the second time we hear it. And he claims that it's actually him delivering some of the lines. D'Souza on the Projection Booth podcast. There's a, he does a, It's a great interview with him. And because he's got, or he claims he's got such a good Arnie impression, he sometimes helps out with ADR. <laughs> and he reckons like two or three lines here, it's Steven D'Souza saying them rather than Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he talks a good game, Stephen De Souza, as you've experienced. You've interviewed him as well. Oh my
4: god, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll come to it. There's um, there's at least one story in this that he tells two different versions mm. of. Like in di- he's done different interviews. And it's a really, really major difference to the film. (laughs) And yet he's told two different versions of it. Entirely different. We'll get to it. Uh,
2: So they all start losing their heads unless they can deactivate the perimeter. And this is the scene you talked about, Alex. Chico runs too early and his collar blows. Mm. Uh, That was a frightening moment for you then. It's quite a funny moment now watching it, isn't it? It's good and funny. But that's
4: because we're just so desensitised. As a kid, you're like, oh my God, you've never seen that before. Now you literally look at it and go, I've seen better decapitations. <laughs> like you judge
2: decapitation sequences against each other. But the timing of it, it feels a bit Monty Python as well. Like the, the, the corpse <laughs> running his legs for a slight safety And so now uh, Ben hits Los Angeles, which is a shanty town, and he meets with Dweezel Zappa and Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> playing Mick. Uh, they're what? two hippies playing hippies. Why
4: is Mick Fleetwood in this? Just why? I mean, I, he's not bad in it. It's just
3: Oh, yeah, Mick Fleetwood. It, well, is that, yeah. it was
2: sort of stunt casting because these guys are the counterculture here, and Mick Fleetwood sort of to them represents the counterculture in the real world. So I think that's why they cast him, but maybe cast an actor next time. Is he part of the same underground movement that Dennis Leary is leading in Demolition Man <laughs> a few years later? <laughs> yes. Very reminiscent. Yeah. Um so they remove their collars. Uh the Freedom Fighters want them to jam the network and broadcast the truth. But our man, Ben Richard, is not up for that yet. No. So. no. It's weird, isn't it? In a society which we are told,
4: ad verbatim at the start, is very, very short of resources. There's not enough food. There's mm-hmm. barely any water. There's no oil. We can't power any what we have. is a shit ton of cigars. Almost an <laughs> excess of cigars. It's like one of the most decadent things in the world. We have no resources but this guy who's just broken out of prison, he's got a Cuban. He is puffing
2: away on a cigar. We've got too many. Actually, that was nearly a connection because when Daniel Radcliffe got cast in Guns Akimbo, he asked if his character could smoke during the film because he smoked so much in real life. Uh-huh. He just wanted to smoke in the film. And um, the director said he's got asthma quite bad, so we can't have him smoking. But he could have been puffing just like Ben does.
4: Okay, I was going to say, if it was a like, oh, no. No, we can't, we can't advertise
2: smoking to the kids
4: in guns and kimber. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, that wasn't the issue. Let's get some cocaine! <laughs> um, Ben's now known as the Butcher of Bakersfield because uh, there's footage of him going berserk and firing on in- innocent civilians. Yeah. What?
4: Just, you know, we talked about Arnie's apron. Does anyone care to discuss that yellow hat he's
5: wearing during this season? Oh, I love it because it's like, what what will a hard hat look like in the future? Is that what it's meant to be? Yeah, yeah, it won't be. It'll just be because it's it's perfectly suited to a human skull as it stands in 1987. (laughs) No, they'll be different in 2017. It looks like a hard hat and a
4: baseball cap had a baby. And then someone wraps a (laughs) tiny bit of twine around it just to show it's a little bit more, I don't know, what, earthy?
5: It's it's futuristic, uh, yeah, hard hat. Futuristic twine? (laughs) I guess.
2: Um, he heads to his brother's house because his brother's going to get him out of the city but his brother isn't there anymore He doesn't focus on that very long no, There's well. a woman
5: here
4: negligee
5: Why is she working out in her 90?
4: Because she is in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie yeah. in 1987 Poor and girl that's, that's kind of what you have to do
2: yeah. mm. This is Amber played by uh, Maria Conchita Alonso
4: If Total Recall was made in 1987 uh, instead of Sharon Stone would
2: be working out a negligee, not a fitness outfit.
4: Sure, yeah. Yeah. Three years was big changes.
3: (laughs) Big changes in those three years.
2: I mean, she's essentially playing the Ray Dawn Chong role from Commando. Mm. It's the same part. Who, yeah. And she does the same things. Uh, but um, he sort of kidnaps her, takes her money, takes her travel pass and buys her a trip on a monitor, which is like the internet that Stephen D'Souza invented. I couldn't believe it. Yep. Good for him. He, I asked him about this and he said, there was a thing called ARPANET at the time, I think, but I just made up a term, InfoNet. So I was close, but not close enough to get royalties.
5: Hmm. You don't get royalties from the internet, <laughs> Stephen D'Souza. But
4: if he created the name internet and they went, we can't think of anything else. Now we've actually invented it. <laughs> you would probably have to go to Stephen Discus and go,
2: "Can we use? Can that? we have your
5: permission?" Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. It doesn't sound like I'll ever make any money. <laughs> <laughs> what now? I mean you could have made money at the start though That's, isn't that Tim Berners-Lee big thing is I made it free I, yes. I wanted everyone to have a piece yeah, of if this if
5: someone evil had done it yeah you'd have to pay for it Well, the internet- I mean and th- what's it um, internet 3.0 which we'll talk about in the pub at length because I'm obsessed with <laughs> oh, it no. I know it's, oh, it's no. my new wait thing wait till
2: we're at a party <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah it's Vicky's party trick one of my one of my summer barbecues you can pitch it to, uh, to people <laughs> that could be the entertainment of your stag do. <laughs> Vicky's now gonna do a talk oh, <laughs> learned, learned, learned. the entertainment's arrived
5: hey guys hey, guys! just got me overhead projector now, here listen. who's familiar with internet 3.0 no one great let me badly drunkenly explain it to you but promise you there's something in it <laughs>
4: but you have to do it in negligence <laughs> <laughs>
5: So did she always have a man-sized Hawaiian shirt lying around? In <laughs>
2: <it>? <laughs> Good
4: point. And, and also, what is her big fear when she's threatened? Arnie, she's like, "I'm not going to come with you." And he goes, "What about if I tilt you slightly backwards on this fitness equipment?" And yeah. she's like, "I'm convinced I could slip off at any moment." <laughs>
5: <laughs> I think it's. I mean, I've got some thoughts about it. I think it's just like the. Uh, it's just a bit of a man writer thing, like. He has kidnapped her and he has terrorised her and he says, I'll break your neck like a chicken. Yep. Um, And he seems to be enjoying himself but he's meant to be, it seems quite easy for him to do that. He ties her to the thing. And she's—it It is a little bit. And she's meant to... Then when they get to the airport, she grasses him up and the shot is she feels bad. And amazing, isn't you know, it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. fuck you. That, yeah. He just kidnapped you. Yeah. You don't feel bad about that. Take him down. But a man writer is like, she probably would feel a bit guilty because she kind of let him on. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: it, it's amazing. There is some incredible man writing. There's another bit later on where her and her friend see him in the corridor <laughs> yeah. and, and her friend mm. basically says, that guy... Mm could kill you yep. and then have sex with your corpse yeah. but she says it like mm. can't wait that is the hottest <laughs> idea i've yeah. ever heard who who could stop him yeah. he could literally
5: yeah rape you your corpse and rape
4: <laughs> your dead body and no one could stop it. So that is so hot.
5: Literally, she's like,
4: I'm going to need a moment. Here. I'm just. Thinking I
5: changed about my that. mind about him because <laughs> she does it both ways. She goes, Yeah, he could
4: rape you then.
5: Oh, kill you. <laughs> yeah. or kill you then. Hmm, rape yeah, him. Yeah, it's a good day's work, Stephen. Well done. <laughs> Maybe run it past someone. Thought, I just,
4: I just wonder whether the like the director has gone. Okay, read the line. She's gone. My God, that guy's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. He could rape you and then kill you, or kill you and rape you. And they go again. Good but sexier. Like it's hard. Good, but you're into it. You're into it. You like it. You
5: want him to actually.
2: Again, an action. Oh, I can't do this. (laughs) And on that deeply sexy moment, let's take a break.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: And we're introduced to Richard Dawson Woo! as Damon Killian. Uh, Vicky, you like discussing how and why names get picked.
3: So how and why? <laughs> how and
2: why is our villain called Killian?
5: I've, I'm drawing a blank this week, to be honest. There's nothing there for me in
2: Killian. <laughs> <laughs> so, Killian. <laughs> so let's uh, a little sidebar here on Richard Dawson. He was the real life host of Family Feud in America, which is their version of Family Fortune. So Love he's that. essentially their Les Dennis. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like casting Les Dennis, which you should in an action. Yeah, why not? Yeah. oh, I can see that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, the, the guy who plays his lackey, um, he was on the Projection Booth uh, podcast as well. Uh, he he said that Richard Dawson would kick off his day with a glass of orange juice and vodka. And um, one of Dawson's trademarks on Family Feud was kissing the female contestants, mm-hmm. which earned him the nickname The Kissing Bandit. Yeah.
5: Oh, those uh, are the nicknames people this like. is This is
2: direct from uh, Wikipedia. Television executives repeatedly tried to get him to stop the kissing. After receiving criticism for the practice, he asked viewers to write in and vote on the matter. Oh. The male response resulted in about 200,000 letters, the wide majority of whom were in favor of the kissing. On the 1985 finale, Dawson explained that he kissed contestants for love and luck, um, something his mother did with him when he was a child.
5: Yeah. um, Oh, it's not the same thing. (laughs) Oh, it's horrible. He's a baddie in real life. Yeah, real baddie. It's weird, isn't it? You sort of think that... um...
4: It's amazing that like the TV network were like stop doing that in the eighties though because this, yeah, this is the eighties when he was please. hosting it. Yeah. yeah, it's quite amazing because like now you'd be like <laughs> you just don't do that. Yeah, but back then you'd be like oh it's a sort of a, and he was an older man. It's a man. family show. Yeah, yeah, so you sort of think oh, I'll give you a little kiss for good luck. But the fact that they were told you know he was told stop doing
5: that. Yeah, oh it makes your heart sink, doesn't it? You want to go on the show, you want to have a nice time, and he's like but you have to kiss me. Oh, yeah, you smell <laughs> of orange and vodka. <laughs> do quite fancy a
4: screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> a what?
2: A, a screwdriver, s- Richard. <laughs> uh, so, as Alex said, the ratings have peaked. Uh, the Justin department is calling. Uh, he sacks a guy with a mop. That's our kill the cat moment. Oh my
5: God, I wrote down kill the cat for you. Awesome. Because I don't really give a shit about save the cat moments. Is that a
2: phrase, kill the cat?
5: I didn't think it was, but I thought you would have invented it. And I just so- didn't. Yeah. And you did. Yeah, oh my God, it's so perfect. And there's another one in Guns of Kimbo. I like, it's full of kill the cats this week. How is it a save the cat moment?
4: Save well, it's, it's the opposite a of the save okay, the cat. Okay. Right, okay, I've got you. Kill the cat. Yeah, This guy, honestly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.
5: Get on the kill the cat train. I, I, you
4: know, it's only my second week back. <laughs> like. um, but yeah, okay.
2: So he's picking contestants uh, on a screen. Did you see what comes up on that screen when he's going through people that... I saw attention- a baby. A baby it's, comes it's up. It's really funny. It's a baby. There's a baby in prison. Yeah, it's really um, funny. It, and he's
5: called, like, something babyface.
2: Mado babyface at uh, March. It's really uh, clearly about one years old. What did that baby do to be put in prison? Oh, well,
5: fuck knows, but something very bad.
2: <sighs> uh, s- s- stole a rusk.
5: Stole a rusk. <laughs> they still No, Rusks. maybe... No. Um, maybe, maybe... <laughs>
2: He took candy from another baby.
5: Nice. Mm, he had a bit of time, to be fair. Chris yeah. did to think about it. You went too soon. Yeah,
2: I just wanted to say the
4: word rusk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they get do to use it very often. Yeah. But the, the, the casting of uh, Richard—I uh, keep saying—wanted to say Richard Dawson. Dawkins. Richard, which would also be interesting, <laughs> or Les Dawson. <laughs> Richard Dawson, and um, like that bit where he's so nice, the guy with the mop's face. Yeah, and then the minute he's in the lift, he's like, "Fucking fire that guy." That is exactly, I think, like, I think it was Roger Ebert who said the same thing. He's basically playing every game show host in America okay. at that time. And also, I think, from meeting people in TV, not so much now, but back in the, like, early noughties when yeah. it started to that's like a lot of people. So yeah. you're
2: saying Les Dennis
4: was like this? I'm not specifically naming names, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: take it back, I take it back. Wow. I take it back. I think we might have to beat that. Yeah, OK, fine. <laughs> we can take it out it's fine I'm scared of beep (laughs) just we can
2: call him Chris and let people 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 guess no then they'll think it's me Um, so uh, he calls the entertainment division the justice department and the president's agent um I guess that makes sense. Ronald Reagan was the president at the time. Yeah, but
5: I also thought I'd never thought of it. Like the president must have an agent for you know when they when they're easing when they're like I'm not going to do this anymore. Sure. So Barack Obama must have an appearances age, or did when he was like I'm you know it's, my time is nearly done. Yeah. So yeah, it's not so, it's not so fetched. I,
2: I think towards the end of his governorship, Schwarzenegger made announcement that he was now accepting scripts. Great. Because he was
5: <laughs> Ready <laughs> to <laughs> work. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um. I like the uh, it's the idea that really struck with me is the idea of it's a reality TV show host giving orders to the military in mm. this sequence which obviously is another prophetic thing because Trump hosted The Apprentice in the US oh, and yeah. then became president and mm. was literally giving orders
2: to the military. Yeah. And who replaced him as host of The Apprentice. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Shh.
5: Is that true? Yeah.
3: If it's all very, it's oh. all very circular. It's all
2: very circular. So he makes Ben an offer he can't refuse, uh, which Ben turns down. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> Killian has his friends and will put them in the contest if he says no. Just
5: they're not really friends though, are they? Because in the be- when we meet Mick Fleetwood... They're, these friends are like you're not one of us. You're not with us. You're mm. not with us. You're not one of us. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going my own way. Mm. So then, when they're like, your friends are here, you think like, we're not friends, so don't worry about it. You send them in instead. Just because he's a good guy. Oh, okay. <laughs>
4: Wow, I hope the three of us are never on the show.
5: He just kidnapped a woman and said so he was going to break her neck like a chicken. He's not a good guy. Okay, but
4: neither of us have. Put yourself in Arnie's shoes. Chris and I are there. Oh, right, it's like yeah. They're going to send Chris and me in. Instead if, of me. If you don't do it. Yeah. Uh, wh- who has had the fight most recently out of the three of us? You. <laughs> <laughs> so, therefore... <laughs> You are the best <laughs> equipped to go and fight people in an arena of death.
5: What well, I don't know is—is is, is that true? <laughs> You're making me think it is true. You're gaslighting me into thinking that's true. It I thought, true.
4: how long? I don't know how long ago was Chicken Shop Gate?
5: <laughs> what Chicken Shop Gate? You
4: were outside a chicken shop and you got yeah. into fisty cuffs. I
5: didn't get into fisty cuffs. Did I shout at someone?
2: I'm pretty sure there was a, some punches thrown.
5: Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. Let's, 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 you know. The only time in the
2: past. The only time in the last 10 years someone's approached me looking like they want to fight is because of you talking too loud in yeah, the
5: club. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I hold my hand up and always my fault.
2: And we could make a, an alternate version of the running man called the
4: loud woman, <laughs> <laughs> the shouting woman. And it's, it's, it's basically it's you <laughs> and some people chasing you, and it's who can shout the other down <laughs> in a confrontation. I would win. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So in that scenario, yeah. you'd go in for
5: us. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, but it's not physically if I don't have to kill anyone in an ice rink, I'll go in for you. <laughs> yeah. You just have to shout at some people who get in your way. In a chicken shop, done, 100%. <laughs> the
2: first arena is <laughs>
5: MFC, <laughs> <laughs> whatever they're called, many fried chicken.
2: <laughs> we should actually get to the game because we're 40 minutes in and it still hasn't bloody started, but now it is running man time. So there's a great introduction to the thing. I love the way they sort of build up the hype. See Killing getting made up, the, uh, the poor people placing bets, the dancers, and then it's showtime. Uh, they introduce the guest runner, Ben Richards, and show him doing his massacre. Um, They show previous winners basking under the Maui sun. Mm. That's important for later. Uh, They've paid their debt to society. And then it's time to start running. Do we like the jumpsuits? No. Okay.
3: (laughs) Uh, You see,
4: I do. I mean, it makes the whole thing, like I said, look 1984 rather than 1987. Yeah. Um, But I like it. I, I mean, I guess I like it because, like, his mates are given silver ones, but he's special, he <laughs> yeah, gets a he gold, gets gold one.
5: one. But- Quick question. So, do women ever go on the running man? Ever? Do we think? I don't know. So, when Amber goes on it later, she's got a low cut suit. Mm. So, why she got a low cut suit? So, the answer would be because they do have women on. They want the women to, quote, well, look good. Yes. So, they've got a pre made woman's suit for her. But if a woman has never gone on it, why she got a low cut suit.
2: You're definitely overthinking it. I'm
5: not. <laughs> you've got you've got a hair
4: makeup and costume department on any big TV show. This is the yeah. biggest TV show in 2017. Okay. You can grab a, a singer uh, and modify a a singer sewing machine, and right. <laughs> a dancer's outfit. Yes, that
5: must be it. Okay, that'll do. Thank okay. you. I just need to close that loop. It was bugging me. What
4: would you like to see Arnie in if he wasn't wearing this ridiculous gold lycra, though?
5: Oh, I just maybe like a bit of armour. I just feel a bit weird that you can sort of see his body. But, but I suppose that'd be cheated. Yeah, so. he's
4: meant to be killed as soon yeah, as possible. yeah. yeah. And yeah. You have to look at it like this. The minute he is taken out of that suit and given an option of wearing anything, he puts a body warmer on. So yes. left to his own devices,
2: he's in a worse situation than if he wears that. Okay. Alex, what does Ben Richards say to Killian before he goes through the pipe? I'll be back. Why does he say that? It's upsetting. Well, because at this point, Stephen D'Souza had told Arnie...
4: I think you should make your catchphrase. This is obviously Stephen D'Souza's (laughs) words. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, Stephen D'Souza says to Arnie, I think you should make your catchphrase. I'll be back. We did it in commando. Let's Mm. do it again here. And this will be the second time you do it. And it is the second time he does it on film and it does become his catchphrase.
2: Yeah. And Killian does say only in a rerun, which is quite a good riposte. Mm. Sure. Uh, we meet
4: Sub-Zero. It's, it doesn't work with I'll Be Back. I'll Be Back is always the last line in that conversation. <laughs> yeah. But because they're still working out the rules here, yeah. Killian actually has a better comeback. <laughs>
2: Normally, I'll Be Back is when, and oh, well, you are off. Yeah. Uh, so we got Sub-Zero, who slices uh, contestants with a razor blade hockey stick, turning them into bloody sushi. Played by a wrestler called Professor Toru Tanaka. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know why he's hockey. Why would you pick him to be hockey? Well,
5: it's like, isn't it like you said, they were like, we can only film this in an ice rink. Sure. So we'll retrofit it, no? Yep, I honestly guess so. thought that was the truth. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so the heroes get chased around a warehouse by guys on a motorbike and Sub-Zero skates at them and he's got exploding pucks.
4: Yeah. It's good that each stalker is undone by their own particular weaponry though, because it's it's, it's it's quite nice that like they are better armed than Arnie, mm. yeah. and yet it's these these accoutrements that they've brought with them that are ultimately their undoing. Mm-hmm. But it's he kills
2: him with barbed wire, which is part of his sub-zero right. set. So he garrots him, um, and you did the line, Alex. Again, <laughs> here's sub-zero now. Plane Zero. <laughs> it's the
4: worst one of the lot. It is. I don't That's open that lot. Unbelievable.
5: Makes no sense.
2: They do get better. The Buzzsaw one is pretty good. Okay. It- but then I think they're embarrassed by them because it's barely audible as he's walking away. He says he was a real pain in the neck. It's like, I think this is quite half-hearted here. A, and that's definitely ADR because, you know... Mm. It's so it's the are probably doing yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Buzzsaw next. He's got a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, this actor that same year played a character in House 2 called Arnold the Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> I believe his,
4: his last role of note was as a barbarian. He was still working in 2000 and somethings, The Scorpion King.
5: oh god I've seen you know I always say when I used to work at the cinema there's a few films I've seen 15 to 20 times the Scorpion King was one of them yeah (laughs) it was a bit of a patchy unless unless
4: you asked for that shift
5: Uh, no the Mothman prophecies I can't remember oh my god Jesus Christ I didn't last in that job very long the
4: Mothman (laughs) prophecies was one of those movies that I went to see um, on its release in the middle of the day you know I used to go to the cinema in the middle of the day this was Goldsmith's time yes and I would see it in the middle of the day and it was still in one of the big screens at the the audience and I was the only person in the cinema. I mean,
5: we said this apart from me who was working.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, what, so let's talk about Dynamo as well. Dynam, yeah. so, oh, I
5: love Dynamo. So, what, so Dynamo is a
4: opera singer come futuristic Roman centurion come sexual predator.
5: It's Valhalla, isn't it? Because they play Ride of the Valkyries mm. over his entrances. Right. So he is a Viking warrior from Valhalla, right.
4: I believe. Because this is the future. Yeah. This is... The future Viking warrior.
5: Yes, well, you look like Blackpool Illumination.
4: <laughs> it's a very cheap
2: circuit board. Oh, isn't I quite it?
5: like it, but it is mad later when it's like, oh, it's not waterproof. Then that's crazy.
2: <laughs> uh, Amber's entered the fray now. She's a mystery contestant because she had sex with two men in a year.
5: <laughs> Sorry, she didn't laugh like that. Sorry, carry on. What's uh, the joke? <laughs> that's the thing I don't know. I can't know. I'm laughing because because I can't get my head around the time reference in 1987 was everyone like slag or in the future but they become more like moralistic about things like that yeah okay fine I didn't know
3: yeah yeah
2: okay yeah yep yeah yep Yeah, Yeah, because she's quite quite happy with that. The only thing that annoys her is they say that she's Ben's accomplice because she wasn't. She's like, yeah, of course I did. Um, So Buzzsaw sort of drags Ben around on the back of his bike. They fight man to man. He says, I love the saw. That saw's a part of me and now I'm going to make it part of you. And then Ben says, that's all right. Keep it. That's his one-liner there. (laughs) No,
4: no, don't. They're bad, but his one-liner comes later where Amber says, what happened to Buzzsaw? And Arnie says... He had to split mm. because he sliced him from the crotch up. Mm. Which
5: is tricky because he will later be like, this fake news, I'm not a murderer. Oh, I'm murdering now quite a lot of people. For
4: survival.
5: Yeah, but in a brutal, gory way, like he cuts him from the bollocks up. Like... I mean, yeah, he's in the middle of a chainsaw <laughs> fight, which is <laughs> a thing. Yeah. You
4: don't get to go, and second. There is a much nicer way for me to kill you. <laughs> I don't want to split you from the groin
2: to the yeah. neck. <laughs> yeah. So if you just put that down, yeah. I'll just, you know, I'll be and, and seconds later he refuses to kill the Christmas tree he because does. he For will, some reason. He will not kill a helpless human being. Okay. Um because he's a good guy. Uh so we've lost we've lost Vice, one of his so-called mates. Um and now we lose Laughlin. Um he dies as well. Uh but not before he sends Ben and Amber to the broadcast center to to sort this all out. Yeah, I just, I'm for this bit, I wrote some satellite stuff. <laughs> yeah, who cares? But don't they even do this stuff in the Hunger Games, <clears> even? It's all about... Towards... Take,
5: it's always taking down the central thing, yeah.
2: isn't it? Yeah, and, and broadcasting the truth and what have you. Uh, Killian, I like Killian. He's still sort of game show man, even off screen, where he's offering Ben a three-year contract to be yeah, a stalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. always the salesman. Um, ben says no, and instead he's going to ram his fist into his stomach and break his spine. If he say that, you got to do that later <laughs> in the film. That's how this works. Yeah, that's true. Um, fireball enters the fray. Hey, our old friend
4: Jim Brown. Jim Brown. you ever want to f- listen to a, an episode where uh, there has never been quite so much venom uh, spat at a movie, you want to listen to Mars Attacks featuring Jim Brown. Right. That was a fun episode. By two
2: people, not by three people. Yeah, well, someone got true. the joke. Uh, so he's got a... The je- joke is still <laughs> Is it the cows on fire joke? Is that, that's the one joke. <laughs> no, the one joke is Tom Jones at the end. Um, oh, yeah. That- <sighs> Fireball, uh, he's got a jetpack and he's got a gun that fires fire and he's fireproof.
3: He's living up to his name. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: mean, mean, it's not a gun that fires fire, I mean, it is, but it's classically known (laughs) as a flamethrower. I was trying to make a joke, didn't I? Uh, the audience is turning now. Um, Ben, uh, people are betting on Ben, um, not just anyone, Agnes, Agnes, who's there every show, Mrs. Mm McCardell. Yeah, she's not happy. Um, Amber finds the dead bodies of some Victor- of the victorious contestants who were supposedly in uh, Maui. Mm. Now, I'm not running a totalitarian state, sure. even though it <laughs> might feel like it on this podcast.
5: Um, but wouldn't you dispose of the bodies? It's just not even tidying up, is it? It's lazy. And you've also got a man that throws flame that could sort it yeah. out for you straight away. <laughs> let letting
2: them decompose. Also, there isn't a camera in there, in yeah. that room, which is going to become important later, for me anyway. Mm. Um, so how about the put down for... Fireball's yep. death. Um, my gas line, my gas line. What a hot head. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Jesus.
2: <laughs> uh, they order, so Fireball's dead. They order Captain Freedom to the floor. Yay. And he appears dressed a bit like Metal Mickey. It, um, it's a joke too far, this, because it's like, I mean,
4: they've given him this new costume, but it's, it doesn't even, you could not have a fight in that costume. Okay. It's too silly. Do you not think, weirdly, there's another connection here to do with Guns Akimbo. Two costumes that take a joke too far that it undoes the logic of the movie. Because okay. if they're thinking of sending Captain Freedom in, like, that costume is it's not functional. And the bit in Guns Akimbo, where she dresses as a police officer and infiltrates a police station, while obviously it being a joke costume yeah. with a massive fake moustache. Yes, And it's sort of like... I don't get this anymore. You're, are you laughing at your own
3: movie? <laughs> I thought that was funny.
2: I liked it. Okay, but We'll talk about that on Thursday. Um, I, I, shout out to Jesse Ventura. I think he's great so here. Yeah, the film needs more of him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, former, former wrestler turned actor, turned governor of
4: Minnesota, mm. turned Harvard University fellow, Jesse Ventura. Wow. Mm.
2: Yes. He has had a good career. Yeah. With some very strange theories and thoughts these days. You, uh, you, you always do this. Speak.
4: You always do this. I uh, last thing I read on Wikipedia was, was he Harvard. was a member of the Green Party. <laughs> okay, so... the British Green Party. No, the American Green oh, Party. Okay. I was surprised they had one as well. I, I didn't don't know, that. know why.
5: Well, they just don't seem to be that into it, <laughs>
4: <laughs> <they>? <laughs> which I think is bad. That I've made this. Huge assumption. It's like, yeah. like when I read Just even Ventura was into the Green Party. Doesn't even <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> is he friends <from> with Caroline Lucas?
2: <laughs> so we've got a lot of dead stalkers. So what do you do? You get Paul Abdul to choreograph a dance. dance. <laughs> oh, I love the it. The sad dance. <laughs> I call it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, they're mapping Arnie's face onto a stunt double uh, to show footage of Captain Freedom killing Ben and Amber um, in a ring uh, that uses that tech.
4: So, which came from an idea. They were approached by a graphics company, weren't they? Yes. Rob Cohen saying that, look, we've got a new thing. To keep your stuntmen safe, we can map a face onto an actor's face. They even had a good word for it. They called it a synthespian. Mm. (laughs) Which is sort of crazy because I think the first time that I remember definitely seeing this in the modern day was Triple X, weirdly a Rob Cohen movie Mm -hmm. where Vin Diesel, they mapped Vin Diesel's face onto the stuntman who goes off the bridge and the car and Mm -hmm. parachutes at the very start which is what, 2002 maybe? I can't remember when X came out. But that's a full 14, 13, 14
2: years after this technology was first well, introduced. Well, it's because they go, yeah, oh, no. we've got
5: this technology and someone goes, show it us then. And they're like, no, that looks shit. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what happened.
2: <laughs> yeah. The demonstration didn't work, but it, it sparked an idea in Stephen D'Souza. But as he said, they messed it up. So this is him talking uh, about a um, what happened. So... In the footage they shot, Captain Freedom kills the girl and he said, I saw a test screening and the audience was stunned that he killed the girl. She dies in Arnold's arms and he gets up and beats the living hell out of Jesse Ventura, the most brutal beatdown you've ever seen. And then at the last second, Jesse throws Arnold onto spikes and kills him. And the audience lost their minds. They couldn't believe it. You could hear a pin drop. They got the cut back to the studio and you see the dead body and Killian goes, go to commercial and they push a button and you see the digital mask come off. Um... So we had a test audience, a handful of people who said, I didn't understand the thing at the end. And it's because the effects weren't really finished. Mm. And so it was confusing to them. And so he said 12 out of 600 people didn't understand it because of the missing effect shots. So some genius suggests you have the scene where he explains it earlier. So they flip the scenes. The problem is when you now see it in the movie, you know that Arnold and Maria's death are fake. So during the fight, you don't get excited and your pulse doesn't rise. I assure you the first cut, when you thought the fight to death was real, the audience went insane. And Stephen finishes by saying, if you have a sophisticated DVD player, uh, put it back in the right order. You have my permission. So
4: I fundamentally agree with Stephen D'Souza in yeah. principle. Can you imagine in 1987 you watch an Arnie movie yeah. and they have a scene where Arnie dies and you and like you just be like, what? Uh, this is oh my god! Mm. It'd be like the Fight Club twist or something. Yeah, it would yeah. be a huge moment, and to screw that up is insane. However, he does have two versions of the story. Mm-hmm. One in which he talks about how the his original version is like it happens Arnie dies and then they cut to um uh, amber and ben watching this and it's the reveal that they're still alive and he's like and then arnie obviously you know they go off and they finish the movie in the other version he says and which is really fascinating this is him talking i can tell you um that it was the it wasn't until a test screening of Die Hard that I saw an audience go as batshit crazy as when Arnold came back to avenge Maria. When they killed her, the audience was completely stunned, dead fucking silence, almost a collective moan. Then when Arnold got up and was furious, they were like, kill him, kill him. They wanted revenge because, I mean, nobody did this. No one kills the leading lady. So it sounds to me like he's saying in one version they kill Amber. Yeah, that's what I just said. That's what I just read out. No, 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 but for real, real. Like, as in not like, as in like, they kill the character off. You, do you think that's what he meant? I, I don't know. That's what I how I read it as. Okay. You, you always think she was going to survive every version. Yeah. Okay. I read that and I was like, no way. That would be even more insane.
2: <laughs> so they upload the video anyway, um, showing that Killian is a liar. And they use footage of de- those dead contestants where there wasn't a camera. Mm-hmm. Problem. A hole in your plot. Uh, but they know the truth. Um, ben appears, he's still alive, but we knew that. The audience goes crazy in the film. We don't go crazy. Dynamo goes after Amber. Um she pulls down his pants and then a sprinkler kills him. <laughs> it's such an anti-climax uh with that character. I
5: she doesn't get to do it, yeah. It's like they were too shy of going on now. She's gonna murder someone, even though he was trying to kill her.
2: Yeah, and well, he's gonna, he's he's gonna, gonna rape gonna, her. to yeah, he's, rape well, her he's got his, her. he's got his
5: Trousers around his ankles. Well, he's got no pants on. Yeah. No, he's got
4: waifrents on. Big, yes. big, baggy waifrents.
5: Yeah. Okay. But she's got the attitude. She's like, well, did she do? A huge line." Like she's like, "I'm definitely gonna kill you." Oh no, that sprinkler's, sprinkler's
4: done it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, a dick. What he? what's she call him? A dickless moron with yeah. a battery up his ass.
5: Yeah, you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but talking of camera angles, don't you find it funny that we see the footage in the helicopter as the at the start when Ben refuses to kill the uh, the rioters. And that's like you're watching a movie. So, of course, you've got those camera angles. When they play yeah, it back yeah. into the studio, <laughs> yeah, it's, the movie it's like, wow, you've got cameras in that helicopter mm. that are very high quality. It's quite well directed. And actually. also, they've got every angle. Yeah, like, You have <laughs> film cameras of every angle. That's it's like, true. Up, yeah. We've got
2: body cams on all cops now. So it's, it's true. Is it? They nailed it. <laughs> they predicted everything in the future. <laughs> uh, so we've got our final standoff between Ben Richards and Killian. Uh, Killian calls on Sven.
5: Is that... Is that Ben's brother?
2: No. So it's I'm, not Ben's brother.
5: All right. Because the, the security guard person. Yes. Yeah. So he's like, oh, now you're fucked. And he's like, no, I'm just going to go. So I was like, oh, that must be your brother then.
4: <laughs> now, <laughs> I feel less bad about my misreading of Stephen D'Souza's story. Oh, no. yeah, that's
5: fine. <laughs> <about> that.
4: No, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, that's obviously not his brother.
5: Sure. I mean, I thought it was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's a big bodybuilder. He's a big bodybuilder. He all right, because the all right the, bro. <laughs> what,
5: yeah, <little laughs> I was like, oh, that's, well, maybe they don't get on that. I don't know. There's like a backstory. He's Have like, you got my
4: Hawaiian shirt? I'm on I left
5: it with that girl that you're getting mm. off with in a minute. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, I'm going to my brother's apartment, never mentioned again. And I was like, well, you wouldn't say that for no reason. Mm. And then a man helps you just because not be your brother.
4: He, he helps him because Killian earlier like said, steroids making you go deaf, which is why as he walks off, he goes, yeah. got to go get some new steroids.
5: Yeah, for my brother.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that right? For my brother Ben. <laughs> yeah. Stephen D'Souza added it in ADR it's very quiet but if you if you have the subtitles on so I for my brother
2: Ben right. the guy um, you're with right now that is Sven played by Sven Ole Thorson who we've talked about before because he gets cast Red in heat. every Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. film oh, he's yes, course, because he's best mate I think he's friend. done 20 Arnold Schwarzenegger like movies brothers mm. well he's a bodybuilder I can see why you would make that connection and I Thank you, I have bored to say that subject but I'm it's, it's for the bits um, so Ben sends Killian down the pipe and he explodes yes. in a poster of himself. Yeah,
5: his says his made petrol, so that's. <laughs> oh, I mean. He
4: rips something off the back, doesn't he? Arnie he fiddles with a dial,
5: the petrol He's, cap. Yeah,
4: <laughs> fine, yeah. He unscrews the petrol cap. Yeah. They, he does something. It doesn't matter what it is. Yes, but he
2: definitely does something to suggest that it's going to explode. <laughs> um, and what does Arnie say? Don't <clears throat>
5: know. <Well, throat> well,
2: will that hit the spot? Mm. Nope. No, but that's the tagline. For the advert that he's gone oh, through,
5: oh, good. Oh, then yes. Yeah, for the, the software. You drink. see it on the
4: TV yeah. earlier. The cola. It's called that. Hit that'll hit the
2: spot. Yeah, and that's why Arnie uses the <sighs> tagline. All right, advert. marginally better. <laughs> um, and now Ben Richards is in love with Amber. At the end.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what? What?
2: Oh God! Uh, before we do the bits and bobs, I want to talk about plagiarism. Um, so I talked to <laughs> normal,
4: <laughs> regular news section, guys. I brought you here today, yes, on the surface, (laughs) to
2: talk about The Running Man, but really, (laughs) we're here to talk about
4: plagiarism.
2: Uh, Because someone did sue The Running Man. Um, So I mentioned The Most Dangerous Game, but there was a 1958 story called The Prize of Peril by Robert Sheckley that was turned into... Uh, a French film called *The Prize of Danger*, and it's very, very similar to *The Running Man*. Much more similar to *The Running Man* movie than the book *The Running Man* is. And so, yeah, he sued uh, 20th Century Fox uh, for copyright, and um, I think he won. But I've been trying to. I've been. I don't speak French, and there's no English articles about it. So I was doing the Google Translate. Okay. But yeah, he said um, he said that um, it was a moral victory and. I won money, it barely covered my legal costs, but... My rights have been recognised.
5: It was all worth it, actually. <laughs> yeah, it ruined ten years of my life, but it was worth it.
2: It's weird that he
4: sued 20th Century Fox, though, who released the Predator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you mean TriStar, the people who he sued the people who made the Running Man, as opposed to just any film studio. <laughs> Predator,
2: uh, yeah, I've got i got a manuscript somewhere. It's the Predator. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> 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 I told you, Google translates rubbish. Um, but uh, D'Souza um, isn't happy about plagiarism either because um, he said that one of the producers of American Gladiators, which was before the UK TV show Gladiators oh, show. Uh, they sold the show using clips from The Running Man um, telling telling the network we're doing exactly this except the murdering part
3: <laughs> uh,
2: that, so that format sold all over the world and made much 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 more money than The Running yeah. Man so D'Souza is gutted about that
4: I do remember the first time I put Gladiators on on ITV on a Saturday night I was like oh my god they've basically made <laughs> they've The Running it. Man <laughs> yeah. It was I was like oh, it's, all, it's all prophetic The Running man's going to happen
2: American Gladiators used to be on ITV on a Friday Night at three in the morning when we were little kids and I would record that and watch that the American version the American one yeah was it better yeah I bet it was um, yeah it was a bit more it didn't have John Fashino for a start so That's that made shame. it a bit better a wooger but did it have wolf <laughs> It didn't have Wolf. Um, I, I my
4: Wolf was the Wolf was. I'm surprised they didn't give anyone else better identities apart from Shadow, who was clearly on drugs. Um, <laughs> but but Wolf was like, wow, they've got a character here.
2: Yeah, it was my great. best friend Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Uh, he used to live near Wolf's gym, and whenever I'd go, the bus stop was outside Wolf's gym, and Wolf was always standing outside his gym, hoping to be recognised. Hmm. He would just sort of stand there, <laughs> hoping someone would want a picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was it your, your favourite gladiator? I mean, he's
5: going to say jet. It's Alan Partridge's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be lying
4: if if I didn't. Jet was the one. Mm. Like all of us. it wasn't like it wasn't like one one guy in the group had it. it was like oh, I love lightning. It was like everyone was just like it's jet. Jet's I tell jet. You, I tell you
2: who you'd like in American Gladiators then. Lace.
3: <laughs> She's mean, on the wrong that's, show.
2: That's a suggestive name.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I think that was the
3: point. Did she
5: do it in I, a way? No.
2: <laughs> Good call
5: back. Thanks, Let's that. do yeah. the bits and bobs.
2: Let's do the bits and bobs. Alright, uh Alex, <laughs> favourite scene. Uh my favourite scene
4: uh, is the rocket sled scene. I think it's it's so key to my love of this movie. The idea that you have to, as a contestant, go in this rocket sled and be fired off down a very, very long tube at high speed to enter the gaming arena. Because, A, it makes the gaming arena seem far enough away from the studio that Ben can't just kick through a wall and be back in and go, I'm back. It's like. It's still part of the studio, but it's a long way away and it's dangerous and the audience have to be kept in one place to be safe and it's all happening over there. But it is still fundamentally part of the studio. And that whole transporting down the rocket sled really helps me understand the geography of this and ups the danger for me. So the rocket sled. Excellent answer. Vicky?
5: The same for the same reason. Oh wow! Oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, not did so much... you just not
2: write one? <laughs> no, I,
5: I no, I did write one. Um, but not so much for the geography thing. I did appreciate that, but for just uh the 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 kinesis of the direction, it looks it's a bit weirdly better than a lot of the other stuff. Mm. It looks dangerous. It looks fun, and all the rest of it, and it's just really well shot. Mm. So yeah.
4: And to use it again to kill the big bad. Sure. Clever.
2: Very good. Uh, I haven't picked that scene. Um, wrong. I, I like, yeah, I probably am wrong. I like the preamble before the start of the show. I like the ho- this montage of the host doing his thing, the audience getting pumped up, the dancers, the contestants being put in place, the audience placing bets. I think it really brilliantly builds up the anticipation for a show that's a bit of an anticlimax. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, most valuable, whatever, Alex. Uh, Richard Dawson, obviously. Fact. I mean,
4: absolutely. Uh, the fact that he never did another film role after this. I mean, he went back to Family Feud in the nineties, yep. and like he had a, a career after this. I went down a Richard Dawson wormhole. Mm, me too. I, like <laughs> married to Diana Dawes. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um. You know, he started out British. Didn't even know he was British. No. Uh, yeah. Born, born in Britain. Mm. Started out on the variety circuit. Got his big break on Benny Hill's "There, uh,
2: Find a New Talent" TV show. So, yeah, massive uh, massive Richard Dawson could, fan of this you, movie. As you say, it's his final credit, and you could see him, and I haven't mentioned this person, but you could see him in Paul Verhoeven movies playing some seedy executive or corrupt businessman, which bits of The Running Man feels like nearly Verhoeven, yes. the, the fake adverts. And yeah. the... So I,
4: I'm just to follow on from that, I actually think Richard Dawson is Arnie's best non-physical nemesis in any of his films and actually there aren't loads of them but I think he is better than Cahagan Mm. in Total Recall and I think he's better than James Kahn in Eraser and after that there aren't really many memorable ones Mm. but he's definitely the best Mm non-violent nemesis Arnie's
2: ever faced that's
5: a good that's a good
2: point Uh, Vicky
5: well I did have uh, Richard Dawson but I feel a little bit uh, upset about yes. the, the unwanted bandit. advances. so kissing bandit! It's got a name. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna. It's pick got pa- a pleasant nickname. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> fine.
2: <laughs> pick pick the baby then.
5: The baby or Paula Abdul? Because I do love the dancing. Yeah, yeah. I think all the dances are brilliant.
2: Yeah, I've been watching Winning Time, this great uh, HBO about the, the LA Lakers and, and she was so much a part of that. Yeah, yeah. She, she she did the Lakers and then she did this and then a year later she was a pop star. Is that the yeah.
5: Adam McKay thing?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm really enjoying it but yeah that, that's I mean and they do look and dance like the Laker girls. Yes. Where they changed you know the, this entertainment before the game from being like a marching band to basically strippers. And
5: I think as well because they do have a funeral dance and you're like that does seem sad but also <laughs> sexy. It's really good.
4: <laughs> Anyone who's uh, not experienced Paula Abdul's uh, pop career can I put you in the direction of Opposites of Track, oh hey, my with God, MC yeah. Scat Cat.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I always, I always wondered about that name, Scat Cat. Yeah, yeah. it's troubling. But then you yeah. have the Scat Man. Call yeah. scat scat man him, John. call him MC Rap Cat, but not <laughs> Scat Cat. But he didn't, he didn't, he perform scat. He rapped. Right. He didn't. Okay. He didn't scat. He rapped. Okay. Scat Man
4: scatted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. go. I'm the Scat Man! Oh, dee be be I remember that! You'll never learn. It was
5: quite a negative Everybody said one
2: way or the other, so check out my <laughs> message for you. As a matter of fact, anything holds hold you back. If the Scat Man can do it, so can you.
5: I've just had a flashback where we were in the karaoke box because they haven't got Scat Man John! Like, they've never, they never not got Scat Man John.
3: Yeah. You are fucking kidding they me. They didn't have any songs for women.
4: <laughs> they did. They didn't have Scatman John. Probably a good thing. Can you imagine (laughs) three out of their minds, drunk people trying to go? You never learn!
3: (laughs)
2: Uh, uh, I'm picking the Kissing Bandit as well. So, uh, what would it you? the blow. What would you change, Vicky?
5: So the face map technology yes. should be what is used to best the baddie at the end, because just getting him into the studio and going, "Now you go down the tube or whatever," I'm when they break in and they do... He's got some bad put downs, he doesn't say, "Now you go down the tube, tube or whatever." So they should just use. Sorry, let me just take a minute. The medium has lied to the people, fake news, right? Mm-hmm. So then the rebels break into the <laughs> Death Star and say, oh, no, wait, look at this montage. This tells you the truth. But a normal audience, will be like, well, the medium has lied to us once. Why should we believe this medium again? Television has lied to us. So you need to use another medium. So you could do, oh, it's... So the best way to do it is a confession from Killian himself. So you trick a confession out of him by using his own face map technology Mm. against him. Because then that cuts through. any of The the audience just go, oh shit, is that the montage? Fine, that's the truth. And I don't think they would believe it as easily. So you need to get the man himself to go, of course that's bullshit. And so you do it like that.
4: There's a funny quote from uh, D'Souza talking about the fact that in his movie, Killian, the, the Donald Trump character, when it's revealed he lied, There is a revolution, an uproar of the people, and in reality, when everyone goes, "Well, Donald Trump's a liar," people just went back to their phones. Yeah, yeah, like it actually had no effect on people's Mm. like on the on the country. It made them like him a bit more. Yeah, Yeah. grim. Alex. it's Jesse Ventura. It's um, He's brilliant and he doesn't get a, a, an ending. He of, literally disappears from the film. Of any sorts. And I really would like to see a bit more of him. And I did think about um, the character um, Ben's brother mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. Yep. So let's call him Killian's bodyguard instead. It might be easier. <laughs> I think you could collapse characters there. I think because he's not a, a stalker anymore. And I know you like collapsing characters, so you can tell me if I if I've missed a beat here. But I think he could be Killian's body bodyguard, like uh, an overlook, a stalker from yesteryear yeah. who is still trading on his past glories. But now he's sort of he doesn't work on screen. He's Killian's bodyguard, so he's always there, always around. And Killian's like, you might have to go back in, and he's like, I'm not going back in. And then, and then it's him at the end, and they sort of have a mutual respect. Jesse, even um, Captain Freedom and Arnie in that moment. And then he walks
2: off and that's his ending. It's interesting. Interesting you say that. And I didn't laugh at you about the Sven thing earlier, like Alex did, Mm -hmm. because my change is Sven is Ben's reprogrammed brother who has been trained (laughs) and brainwashed. There we go. Um, It's there. It's all there. They set it up. Yeah. And they've cast a bodybuilder in that (laughs) role and that's your climax. Oh, ben has to fight his own brother. Oh, nice. It's nuts. And and then they end up, you know, he, he'll then knock something loose in his brain and he'll remember who he is and then they brother. team up.
5: And then they, they team, team up. up. It's, that's th- why this works, see? Yeah. This, I'm pointing, well, everyone. Pointing.
2: This, is, this isn't a podcast. This is a writer's
5: room. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, don't say it. Quite excited.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Um, that And mine was the correct change. So no, I won all, that bit. Oh, mine.
5: mine. Mine was pretty good, actually, this I'm, week. I to really be honest. All right, really three, like mine. three
2: good... <laughs> And that's changes. what it's like in a writer's room. We, we all did the work. work. Yeah. But one idea has to win out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I, I've won that bit, but now it's time for you to win something because we're going to do a quiz. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, so this week's films satirise these kinds of shows. Uh, let's see how well you know your actual quiz shows. I'm going to give you a quiz shows catchphrase mm-hmm. and you've got to give me the show. So for example, and this is one of the questions, for example, if I said... I'll have a pee, please, Bob. Uh, blockbusters. You would have got a point for blockbusters, but you don't. But I did get blockbusters. Psych. <laughs>
5: I was resting. Psych. <laughs> I was resting.
2: So, are you ready?
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Are they all from the eighties? Um, uh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. I'll be
4: going by the name Professor Alex Zane <laughs> for this,
2: like Professor Sub Zero. Okay. Okay. Shout out the answer when you know it. Yeah. Come on down. The price, the is, price right. is right. <laughs> <laughs> Point to Alex Leslie Crowther <laughs> If it's up there I'll give you the money myself Family fortunes Correct Oh fuck off Les Dennis Is
5: that what he used to say? And then
2: Vernon Kay Give him some credit <laughs> Yeah when they, when they would say Something stupid He'd say if it's up there I'll give you the money myself Oh I loved that show. <laughs> Uh What do points make? Prizes, prizes. <laughs> <laughs> no, What's the question? Points make prizes <laughs>
5: Pets win prizes uh, oh f- um, the generation game no
2: close though <laughs> same guy said it uh,
5: the thing where they turn the cards yes. around the card uh, the fuck is it called don't give him the clue you shouldn't give him the clue strike you're oh. lucky no no uh, double or nothing no <laughs> Oh, uh, cards
2: is in the title
3: uh, the, uh, give me, me a card drive. correct yes <laughs> <laughs>
2: <sighs> we got there in yeah. the end
3: oh god alright do
2: you want a moment just yeah. chill just, <sighs> just chill Um, <laughs> I've started so I'll finish
5: uh, mastermind. Question time. No, it's Mastermind. <laughs> oh, it's correct. Oh. Uh, that's it's also so something
2: I've been known to say during sex. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, nothing in this game for two in a bed.
5: Oh, I don't know. I'm not a fucking old man. Oh, wait, hang know, on. Uh,
2: it's... it's it's the classic cult show from the 80s. Uh, a generation generation game. game. No, nothing in this game for two in a bed. Um Bingo. I'll give you a clue.
3: Uh, Bullseye! Bullseye! No, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> yeah. no! Alex got it. You need this.
2: You need this to take it to a tiebreak. Okay. Um, this clue is also the title of an excellent film. Um, Your starter for ten:
5: uh, a university challenge. Correct. Yes. Oh, thank God.
2: Oh, <laughs> very good film. Starter for ten. If you haven't seen it, right? Tiebreaker. <sighs> Do
4: you oh. know what my brain was full of? It was like game shows. I was sort of preempting what the catchphrase might be. Yeah, and it just, puts you off. Yeah. No, I'm sad to see no every second counts in there, but then I don't know. You don't
5: know what's going to about to happen.
4: Every second counts.
2: <laughs> uh, it's good, but it's not right. <laughs> oh, God. A catchphrase! Yeah, it's oh. catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> oh. you, you have, have a little de- face. <laughs> and you'd literally just said catchphrase in the sentence
4: before.
5: Oh, I feel sick.
4: <laughs> do you feel sick because it was so close? Or do you feel sick because we're back to regular service?
5: <laughs> I suppose it's both. It's the same. Oh. Oh, you have to, because you have to do it in the voice. It's good, but it's no, you have to do it in the voice. What was that? <laughs> you have to do you what it. was that? You have to Is do a right walker impression Everybody every that. He
2: was not Jamaican. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. Jeez.
5: No, I and, didn't. I didn't. And do And I it. thought
2: my accents were bad. <laughs> You, come Vicky, I want to hear
5: you. No, I'll do it later. I've just realised what mistake I've started oh, to make,
4: oh. so...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's recorded. We'll be able to I listen to it team back.
5: Team. It's good, but it's not right. And you stop it. That
2: was Vicky, not Apologies me. to our Irish listeners. <laughs> um, all right, oh, so that oh, was yeah. the quiz. What's Mr. Chips doing? <laughs> really menacing. What's he doing? <laughs>
5: Yeah, that is true. was that that,
2: wasn't it? <laughs> clue time. Uh, my choice is next week. Oh. And the clue I'm going with is Teens on the Town. That is Teens on the Town.
4: I actually realised I don't know what you've picked for next week, so this is really exciting. You're not meant
5: to. <laughs> we pretend that no one knows. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, so you, I, I
4: did not finish. Didn't we stop doing that in week three? Yeah. I'm not sure.
5: <laughs> I'm not sure if we ever overtly confessed. Uh, let me just
4: cover it. Uh, I actually just realised I
2: don't know what we're doing next week. As usual. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. And that's your lot for this week. Um, If you are new to these here parts, thanks for visiting. Uh, Make sure you check out at ClashPod on either Twitter or Instagram. And if you want to make a difference, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend to listen or even write a review, as long as it's a nice review. Anyway, I'm rambling now, so thanks again. And we'll be back on Thursday with Guns Akimbo.
3: This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creative Network.